Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for february 7th 2022 i am jd from new york and this is the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me wherever you may be on this monday night boring boring I feel nothing. I don't really feel anger. I feel sadness as always. Just another boring WWE show that mocks the fans' intelligence, man. They treat you like a blithering idiot. Some decent in-ring action tonight. Nothing that is going to really get anybody excited. But WWE typically doesn't get anybody excited for anything. It's always so boring. WWE did nothing tonight to get you excited for the Elimination Chamber. Nothing. 
In fact, they announced a women's elimination chamber tonight. No qualifying matches. No qualifying matches. I mean, when you have the entire division in said elimination chamber match, why would there be any qualifying matches? You know, there'd be qualifying matches if WWE ended the brand split. Then we'd have qualifying matches for said women's elimination chamber. But we are not at that point yet, unfortunately. I don't think we're ever going to get to that point because WWE doesn't know what the fuck to do. That was the big news before the show tonight. They announced a women's elimination chamber. Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki, T-R-A-S-H. Then you got Joe Drop. And who else is in this thing? Who else is in this women's elimination chamber, man? I don't even fucking know. Who else did they announce for this goddamn elimination chamber? Let me see. They announced Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, right? Rhea Ripley, Doe Drop, Nikki Trash, and then a mystery opponent will be entering the elimination chamber. The mystery opponent is more than likely somebody that's been missing from WWE television. Three people in particular. It could be Lacey Evans. God help us if it's Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans should remain off of our televisions. And I hope to God she doesn't come back with that same ridiculous, out-of-date, cringe gimmick. It could be Oscar. It could be Oscar. Oscar could be in the elimination chamber. Or it could be Bailey, which would then be my odds-on favorite to win that match. Because I'd love to see Bianca Belair not get a title shot just to piss everybody off. And I'd like to see Bailey get the championship opportunity against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I think that is more of a WrestleMania match than any match with Bianca Belair. But WWE, if they want to tie up storyline loose ends, Bianca Belair is probably the odds-on favorite here to win this match and get her rematch against Becky Lynch. But I do hope it is Bailey. No qualifying matches. Nothing of any importance happened on this show. WWE obviously missing Brock Lesnar and that whole dynamic with Paul Heyman, Seth Rollins, and Matt Riddle. We're having a great main event, and then DQ happens. Then we get a tag team match to close the show. Very formulaic, very lame ending for WWE. Great main event turns into a tag team match. What else is new? Teddy Long's fucking mentality continues to live on in WWE. Kevin Owens and Austin Theory had another match tonight. 50-50 booking. Kevin Owens got his win back. Damian Priest continues to lose matches. He lost his last four matches in a row. And man, oh man, I don't know what they're doing with Damian Priest. But this guy is fading fast. My goodness. I don't know what he did to piss somebody off. I don't know what's going on. Maybe Vince is getting bored of the gimmick. But Damian Priest is fading quickly on Monday night. He went one-on-one with AJ Styles today. Decent little match. AJ needs a win. He did get the victory over Damian Priest, but I don't think it should come at the expense of the United States champion. Both guys need to win. I get AJ's in the Elimination Chamber, but you also can't have AJ beat the United States champion clean in the middle of the ring. AJ's going for the WWE title. 
Why would he want to go after the United States title? The WWE title should be the only thing on AJ Styles' radar. But I'm not AJ Styles, and I'm obviously not Bruce Prichard. I'm a lot more handsome. I am less of an asshole, I would say. I think Bruce is a major asshole. I'm thin, where Bruce is a slob. So clearly, I'm no Bruce Prichard. So maybe he knows more than I do. I, I don't know. I don't know. And then we got Becky Lynch and Lita. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Becky Lynch and Lita. Every time Becky Lynch is on my TV, man, it is instant pick up the remote control and change the fucking channel, man. What's Guy Fieri doing on Food Network? What is he doing? What type of grocery games are you playing over over there today, Guy? What what are you doing? What are you cooking? What type of fried chicken are you cooking on uh, Triple G, huh? It's exactly what I do when Becky Lynch is on the television. She is fucking awful. Oh, my goodness. Lita's back. Hopefully, this is the last we see of Lita. I could not, I could not give a shit about this match at all. I I don't. And, And people are clamoring for a fucking... Legend versus Becky match. Lita versus Becky. They're, they're, they're all excited for these dream matches. The fuck does it do? What does it accomplish? What do these dream matches accomplish in WWE? They accomplish nothing. They accomplish nothing. But that was pretty much on Monday Night Raw, man. That was it. There was nothing happening on Monday Night Raw. There's no news coming out of Monday Night Raw. This show did as little as possible because... They were moved to Sci-Fi Network today for the Winter Olympic coverage on USA Network. So we will go over the entire show today on the OTS post show right here from the OTS venue, man. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights. It's going to be a busy week, man. I'm going to be all over the place. Wednesday, Atlantic City, New Jersey. I know we have some... New York people in this chat. I know we have some New Jersey folk in this chat. I'll be in Atlantic City on Wednesday, man. And I'll be at one of my favorite places in Atlantic City at 2 p.m. AEW Dynamite's rolling through Atlantic City. I'll be at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall from 2 to 6. OTS VIP meetup. Make sure you guys come on down, hang out. There will be cold beverages, there will be delicious food, and there will be merchandise sold. So if you guys want to get some really cool shit, hang out, and then go enjoy what should be a great dynamite, I'll be at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall from 2 to 6 p.m. on Wednesday, OTS VIP meet and greet, man. So make sure you guys come on down. And we're going to have that major debut that Tony Khan has been hyping up. A lot of big talk about Keith Lee and maybe Jeff Hardy. So make sure you guys come on down, man. There will be a lot to discuss on what will be a very newsworthy episode of AEW Dynamite. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are just about 250 away. From 131,000 subscribers, man. So make sure you guys continue to hit that subscribe button. Spread the word. Get the word out there about the podcast. We are going to be as big as ever this year. 
I feel it in my bones. So hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell so you're always notified. And let's hit that thumbs up, guys. I see 526 likes. We got 1,900 still filtering into the venue. I need 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's live stream. Get those super chats in. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. You guys made uh, this young 40-year-old feel very, very appreciated on his 40th birthday. Thank you guys very much, man. I actually got more birthday wishes from every one of my subscribers than I did real-life friends that I know in real life. It's crazy. Even with the notifications on Facebook, man, they don't even have the fucking decency to send a goddamn happy birthday Facebook post. It's awful. Facebook sucks, really. And so do people. But thank you guys for all the love, man. I really appreciate it. A lot of old fashions were uh, consumed this weekend. Also, make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Ton of stuff. We got Off the Script episode 411 going up tomorrow. Lots to talk about with the Jeff Hardy situation. Elimination Chamber news. All your top news and rumors on Off the Script tomorrow afternoon. So look forward to that. Make sure you guys go go get your t-shirts, man. It's still on sale. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Script. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Valentine's Day is coming up, guys. I don't know what you're doing. But I know you guys need to look your best, smell your best, feel your best. Manscaped is going to help you with that. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 to save 20% off their performance package 4.0. So we'll talk about my friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show right here on Off The Script. Let's start with Monday Night Raw right at the top, man. No news. We're going to go right into the review. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle versus the Alpha Academy In a quiz bowl, we got a quiz bowl. So uh, a game show to start the Monday Night Raw episode tonight. I will say this before I get into the details about what happened here. I thought this segment was (coughs) highly entertaining. I thought this was a very entertaining segment. I think Matt Riddle played his role well. I think Randy Orton, being the good trooper, the good sport, played his role well, feeding off Matt Riddle and kind of being a little bit more out there as far as the Randy Orton character is concerned. Chad Gable and Otis, I'm loving Alpha Academy, man. I really am loving Alpha Academy. In my honest opinion, Alpha Academy may be one of the best things about WWE television right now. For years, everybody's always talked about Chad Gable not really getting what he deserves and being underutilized and not really being appreciated in the WWE for the type of guy he was. Shorty G, always made fun of his height. They put him in fucking how many different tag teams? They broke up heavy machinery to pair Gable with Otis. Tucker Knight got fired. He was teaming with Shelton Benjamin. He was teaming with Jason Jordan. I mean, he was all over the place. A single. He he never found a role for himself that worked. 
I feel like in all the years that Chad Gable's been on WWE television, he's finally found a role that is working for him, and he's absolutely killing it. He he is unbelievable at what he's doing. He really is. He is no longer the underappreciated guy anymore, and I really hope WWE continues to push him a little bit more and more. He's highly entertaining. He's owning this this 4.0 GPA, smarter than everybody, education is key type of thing. He's owning it. And Otis, it's rubbing off on Otis too. I like Otis's demeanor when he feeds off Gable, when he's getting all snarky about how education is key. Don't boo education, says Chad Gable. And I like the charisma that he's kind of emitting with this character. A lot of people thought that Chad Gable was channel changing WWE television. Not anymore. Not anymore. He, he really he really has stepped up and owned what they gave him. And he's honestly some of the best television that WWE is putting on on a weekly basis. So kudos to him, man. I'm loving everything that he and Otis are doing. Now, I will say this. This was more of a sports entertainment vibe with this open. I don't think I would have necessarily opened the show with this. It really sets a bad precedent. And I honestly think WWE opened the show with this today because they're on sci-fi and they can get away with it. They're expecting a low rating. They're expecting a below average rating on sci-fi. It sets a bad precedent for the overall product. I would have put this somewhere in the middle of the show, 9 o'clock, 9.30. I would have not opened with this segment on Monday Night Raw. I would have opened up with a hot match. This is a different vibe tonight. You're not on the USA Network. You should have really put your best foot forward on Monday Night Raw, and they didn't do that. I would have opened up with Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, and I would have had something of a great match there. Maybe they go 20 minutes. Maybe we get a DQ. And then maybe if WWE wanted to do what they did tonight and take that match, end it in a DQ, and give us a tag team match anyway in the end, they probably could have opened with that and then did the tag team match in the end instead of doing it back-to-back. I would have opened up with a hot match with Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. But they didn't do that. I don't know why. I would have not opened with this immediately right at the top of the show. So we were right in the ring. Everything was set up. There were two tables, microphones. Kevin Patrick was there as the host, the game show host, per se, in this segment. And they replayed Gable losing the spelling bee two weeks ago and then the scooter race. And now here we are, this academic, I guess, competition between RK-Bro and Alpha Academy tied 1-1. If RK-Bro wins this academic competition, they get a tag team title match against Alpha Academy, presumably, I'm assuming, at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Patrick was going to go over the rules, but Gable interrupted, and he went over the rules for everybody because he is the smartest man in the ring. So, Gable, there were multiple categories, each with multiple questions, okay? And these were multiple choice questions. Gable first chose the category of U.S. Presidents. Who was the first to be elected with a college degree? Gable said it would be a cakewalk tonight because he knows about college degrees. He then told the fans not to boo education. That's disgusting, he said. He said Washington led the revolution, but that dum-dum didn't go to college. He said Adams is the correct answer. So Patrick said yes, 
Alpha Academy is correct. Riddle then shows biology. We all know why he chose biology. So the question is, how many hearts does an octopus have? Now, I didn't know this question either. So when he gave the answer, I was kind of like, hmm, it's pretty interesting. I didn't really know octopuses have more than one heart. So I learned something. Believe it or not, I learned something on Monday Night Raw. Go figure. Riddle says he's dissected an octopus once, and he said it has three hearts. So he got that question correct, and Gable said that it was a lucky guess. Gable then chose Greek mythology. Gable answered correctly on that one. Orton then chose something easy. He chose cartoons. There was a cartoon, a cartoon category. So everybody in the audience cheered because, I mean, who doesn't like cartoons? And I'm talking about the classic cartoons, man, like old school cartoons. And they actually mentioned one of my favorite cartoons of all time. It was Transformers and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. So it was about Michelangelo, who was the Ninja Turtle that waved nunchucks around and Randy Orton guessed it right, Michelangelo. So Gable threw a fit over these easy questions about cartoons. How did this even make the segment, he says. Orton told him to shut his mouth and let Otis answer a question. Gable said, all right, he's ready because I've been training him. So Gable chose geography for Otis. It asked which U.S. state is the biggest geographically. Otis said Texas, and he was correct. Riddle then chose pop culture. It was a question about Justin Bieber barring the daughter of a Baldwin. And Riddle asked Orton if he knew the answer. Orton said absolutely not. Riddle then asked to use a lifeline to actually call Justin Bieber. Orton chose Alec Baldwin. It was the wrong Baldwin. Gable and Otis left. Gable then knew it was Stephen Baldwin. So then next, Gable chose film and literature. It asks, which Shakespeare play had been converted into the most movies? Gable guessed Romeo and Juliet. That's exactly what I would have guessed. It was actually wrong. Gable then, when the buzzer goes off, he actually grabbed his heart as if he was having a fucking stroke. Gable's great. Riddle then said the answer is Hamlet. And Riddle got it right. Orton then stood to ask the fans which category to choose, so he chose sports. Which quarterback in the NFL won more games for the Denver Broncos? Orton then asked the crowd and went through all the answers. It, of course, was John Elway being the correct answer. Corey Graves on commentary said that they were cheating because they asked the fans for help. Gable was complaining how loud the buzzer was and how loud the fans were and how Randy Orton is cheating the system. Fans were chanting, you suck at Gable. Gable then chose metric conversations or, or con- conversions, not conversations, typo. Metric conversions. How many grams are in an ounce? So this was the question. Gable then said 16, changed his answers to 32, and then... Solidly said the final answer is 12. 12. And the buzzer sounded. He got it wrong. Riddle began talking. Orton said, listen, I'll take it. I'll take it. 
Riddle asked, well, well, how do you know the answer to this question? And then Randy Orton throws this line out there. Do you think I'm the only one who bakes, bro? Orton said, I got the right answer. And he gave the right answer. And that was it. Gable demanded a redo as Orton and Riddle embraced and celebrated. Riddle told Gable he just got outsmarted by the most three dangerous letters in all of WWE. RK, bro. The buzzer kept sounding and Gable kept falling over in pain, holding his chest and demanded it was to come to an end. This was a lot of fun. This would have been a good segment in the middle of the show. Not the first thing people see when they turn into Monday Night Raw, which is a wrestling program. I would have absolutely did this in the middle of the show. But this was fun. Gable was great. Riddle was great. Otis was great. Orton was great. They all had a good time. And it looked like they had a genuine good time in this. And that's what really made it a little bit more enjoyable. Now, this is not for everybody. I got to find some positive on the show. It wasn't terrible. It's not my ideal segment. I would never want to see something like this on AEW television or any wrestling program for that matter. But it worked because these guys are fucking awesome. And that's why it worked. So the Street Profits came out and chanted, RK bro, Gable rolled out of the ring and confronted them, said they're about to get their asses kicked by the Alpha Academy. So we got an impromptu match between these two tag teams. So we got a six-minute tag team match that really didn't do much of anything at all. And Alpha Academy wins in this opening match, which wasn't bad for the time that they were given. Angelo Dawkins almost had it won after giving Gable a silencer, but Otis broke up the cover. Ford knocked Otis out of the ring, wiped him out with a huge flip dive, a Superman-like dive. Dawkins and Gable exchanged counters in the middle of the ring until Gable caught him in a roll-up for the one, two, three. And that was pretty much the match. Alpha Academy are the tag team champions. I'm glad to see that they didn't lose a non-title impromptu match to the only other tag team on this show. And the Street Profits, I I don't know what's next for the Street Profits. The division is dead for the most part outside RK-Bro and Alpha Academy. One of the many reasons why I would end the brand split is for this tag team division to be a lot better. The Street Profits have lost a ton of momentum. Montez Ford continues to be a shining light in the Street Profits, but the Street Profits as a tag team They have no momentum at all. They're pretty much just like Damian Priest. They're fading away very quickly, and they don't really feel all that special anymore. And I'm worried at some point that WWE is going to find Montez Ford to be the guy, Angelo Dawkins not so much, and they're going to end up breaking up the Street Profits at some point. And I don't think that's a good idea. I don't. So Alpha Academy wins here. They will defend the Tag Team Championships against RK-Bro. When and where, that remains to be seen. We were promised a commercial-free first hour. There were commercials, WWE advertisements, Saudi Arabia, Roman Reigns, Bill Goldberg, Lita. So there were commercials. This was not one straight hour of pro wrestling on WWE tonight. So they aired a video on Lita. They aired a commercial for a sci-fi network show, Resident Alien, that aired after Monday Night Raw. 
And then we got a video package on the new WWE video game. So it's basically commercial free, but commercials. WWE clickbaiting their fans as usual. We see MVP in the ring. And he introduced Bobby Lashley. And he did the whole Paul Heyman shtick. Kind of imitating Paul Heyman. Lashley came out and they billed Bobby Lashley from Denver, Colorado. Lashley was out there looking sharp, all smiles with the WWE Championship. Got a huge Bobby, Bobby chant in Denver, Colorado. MVP said they should have a celebration. They were supposed to have one last week because Lashley won the collision with consequences. MVP said Lashley didn't see any of the interference in the match. Now, I know you people think that Roman Reigns helped Bobby Lashley win the WWE Championship, but he didn't see that. He didn't see that at all. So MVP chimed in saying that Bobby Lashley didn't cheat because Bobby Lashley didn't see the Roman Reigns interference on Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. So he stood victorious. He pinned Brock Lesnar. MVP said they should have a ticker tape parade and it should have been declared Bobby Lashley Day. Instead, he said Pierce said Lashley would have to defend the WWE title inside the Elimination Chamber against five other men. MVP congratulated Lashley for winning the title at the Royal Rumble. And then he went on to say, Lesnar won't be beating Lashley at the Elimination Chamber. Lashley's not going to beat, Lesnar rather, is not going to beat Bobby Lashley at the Elimination Chamber. And Lesnar's not even going to make it title versus title at WrestleMania. So there's that little title versus title again. That's the second time in less than a week WWE has thrown that little caveat out there. That little seed being planted, title versus title. Now the report said that Vince is probably going to be leaning towards title versus title. It does look like Lesnar's going to win the championship back at the Elimination Chamber, take it to WrestleMania, and do title versus title. I said... On off the script this past week, that if WWE is going to visit title versus title, then they need to do the match and then appropriately end the brand split. It needs to end. There needs to be one world championship and a brand split that comes to an end. Otherwise, it's not going to have that same epic feeling to it. And Bobby Lashley and MVP tonight said, Lesnar, he lost to Bobby Lashley at Royal Rumble, and he's going to lose in every which way that there is on the road to WrestleMania. There will be no title versus title match at WrestleMania. He said Riddle and Austin Theory might be future WWE champions, but they are men, unlike Lashley, who is a bad, bad monster, he says. The baddest monster of them all. Lashley then said Lesnar disrespected him for the last time. He said he tried to demand a rematch last week. He asked when the first, the last time was when Lesnar defended the WWE title. He asked more importantly when the last time Lesnar had a match on Raw was. Lashley said he truly hopes it comes down to him and Brock in the chamber so I can pin him once again. He said it's not him locked in the chamber with Brock. It's going to be Brock locked in the chamber with me. Fans started to chant Bobby again. Lashley said the so-called beast 
can go challenge Reigns for the Universal title while I'll be main eventing WrestleMania and defending the WWE title. And then he pointed to the WrestleMania sign. So this was a solid segment here that's, again, once again, pushed the initiative of a possible title versus title match. It's probably going to end up just seeing where the show is and how big these Saudi shows need to be. I think it's going to end up being Lesnar and Lashley as the final two. And I think WWE is just going to do it easy. A walk in the park. Lesnar beating Lashley, winning the WWE title again, and he holds it for the remainder of February all through March, and we get the title versus title match at WrestleMania. I just don't see WWE getting creative with the road to WrestleMania. They promised twists and turns. There was a report from Meltzer saying that WWE is wanting twists and turns and unpredictability on the road to WrestleMania. Unpredictability would mean AJ Styles winning the Elimination Chamber. Matt Riddle winning the Elimination Chamber. Randy Orton taking out Matt Riddle in the Elimination Chamber to enter himself and win the WWE title. And then having Orton versus Riddle for the WWE title at WrestleMania. That is unpredictability. Brock Lesnar winning the WWE title at the Elimination Chamber three weeks after he lost the title to Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble is not my idea of unpredictability. I said it once, I'm going to say it again. You can do the title versus title match, but if it doesn't have ending the brand split attached to it, there's no fucking point in doing it. The brand split is actively making the WWE product worse on a weekly basis. I don't know who is out there advocating for the brand split to not go away. That's my fucking problem. Who are these people and why? It doesn't make any sense. Does it got a nice ring to it? Yes. Does it make the match important? To an extent. The match should have an added level of importance. Unify the titles. We don't need two world championships. Roman Reigns honestly should retire as the longest reigning universal champion of all time. There's no more need for two world champions. He's got nobody to defend that title against on SmackDown. He's going to win the unif- He's going to win the, the the title versus title match. He's going to have two championships, right? What is he going to do? Show up on Monday Night Raw and float between the shows? Is that WWE's idea of unpredictability, twists and turns, being different? Yes, they're going to share Roman Reigns on Monday and Friday, ultimately making him and the character stale because it's already going in that direction. Right now. Lesnar winning is not unpredictable. AJ Styles winning and then defending against Edge is unpredictable. That match doesn't need the WWE title, but I think we should start building up the WWE title in a major program on Monday Night Raw and not put it on Brock Lesnar, who's obviously not going to be there every week and obviously is going away at the end of WrestleMania. Nobody is beating Roman Reigns, and that includes Brock Lesnar. That's what I would do. And you guys know how I laid it out. Title versus title and the brand split. Or AJ Styles winning it, dropping it to Edge at WrestleMania. Orton and Riddle break up at this point. And then you build the SummerSlam program with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle for the WWE title. Riddle gets his revenge on Randy Orton and 
he wins the WWE Championship. If Matt Riddle is not in the top program after a feud with Randy Orton, which we all know is eventually going to come, what is the whole fucking point? What are we doing here? Build new stars. Clearly, WWE doesn't have a fucking clue on how to build anybody. So I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt here and having that happen. Everything's built around Lesnar. Everything's built around Reigns. Now you know why there's indifference in the community when it comes to WrestleMania. It's the same fucking shit with the same fucking people. It's boring. It's boring. And Bill Goldberg showing up on SmackDown didn't fucking help causes either. Nobody wants to see that shit either. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. AJ Styles, speaking of which, he went one-on-one with Damian Priest. Decent little match here between these two guys. Went about five minutes. WWE, man, I don't know what it is with their match lengths. Someone like Damian Priest and AJ Styles in the ring together. Should have a decent fucking match, man. Give them 10, 15 minutes. You're on sci-fi. Give me a wrestling heavy show tonight. So we got this match, five minutes, Styles took control early, and obviously they were talking about AJ Styles in the Elimination Chamber. I mean, he would be my black or dark horse pick. He would be my obvious dark horse pick to hit here in the Elimination Chamber. And he took control early. They were in the middle of the ring. They were going back and forth. Priest got the better after a leaping roundhouse kick to the head on AJ Styles for a two-count. Styles went for a phenomenal forearm, but Priest knocked him out of midair. Right away after that, Styles hit the phenomenal forearm for a clean one, two, three. And that was it. AJ Styles pins the United States champion clean on Monday Night Raw. Now, like I said in the top, AJ Styles needs a win, but so does Damian Priest. I don't think that AJ Styles should be getting wins over the United States champion clean in a non-title match. That doesn't really sit well with me. AJ Styles is in the middle of a WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. He's right in the thick of it. He's a dark horse pick. A fan favorite to win that match. Outside of the norm in WWE. 
Why is he going after and why is he targeting the United States Championship? Why are you putting him in two title programs back to back? If this does anything, it kind of tells me that WWE is not going with AJ in the Elimination Chamber and that he may pick up a feud after the Chamber with Damian Priest for the United States Championship. But Kevin Owens was doing that too. So the fact that he's getting a championship match at the United States Championship next week, it really doesn't sit well with me as far as him faring well in the Elimination Chamber. He needs a win, but I don't think he should get a win at the expense of Damian Priest. Which takes me to my next point about Damian Priest. The guy has fallen off a fucking cliff on Monday Night Raw. Lost his last four matches, which was a rarity for almost an entire year with Damian Priest on Raw. And now he seemingly has had his momentum fucking killed. And I don't know what it is. This is what WWE does to you. The normal fucking podcast geek isn't going to call it out and they're not going to be observant to what's going on with Damian Priest. Ever since Damian Priest was given this fucking gimmick, he's been fucking trash. His momentum has been stifled. WWE seemingly made him a, a joke. They made a mockery out of Damian Priest. All for this fucking gimmick where he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's got the bad Damian Priest and the good Damian Priest. Well, you did all of this for what? To give him character? Damian Priest himself was a fucking character. You ultimately took who Damian Priest was and changed everything about him and killed his fucking charisma to play the role of this fucking Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde character. And now you've created indifference with the fan base. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody's losing faith in Damian Priest. They find him to be boring. The crowds don't really react the way that they should. All because you wanted to push a fucking character on Damian Priest. I've been saying this for weeks. Why does Priest need a character? Damian Priest likes the nightlife. He likes to drink. He likes going after the girls. He likes riding in limos. He likes to be the night guy. The nightlife guy, right? He reminds me of, he reminds me of Stephen Dorff in Blade. That's the type of guy that Damian Priest reminded me of. If you guys ever watched the movie Blade with Wesley Snipes, right? Stephen Dorff played the, the main vampire villain. Now, when he was not a vampire, Stephen Dorff and, and the character he played in the movie, that reminds me of Damian, this cool fucking guy's got the girls, right? That's what Damian Priest reminds me of. And WWE has made him into a fucking clown. I don't know why. It's, it's sad to see. And where do you think this is going to go? Where do you think this is going to go? WWE is going to kill this guy more and more week by week. They'll take the United States Championship off of him, right? And WWE will blame him for not getting the character over. It's Damian Priest's fault that he failed. Yeah, Frost. Yeah, 
Yeah, Deacon, yeah, Deacon Frost as well, yeah. Yeah, that's his name, right? That's a great fucking character. WWE will, will blame Damian Priest for not getting this character over. And then maybe, maybe, I hope it doesn't come to this, worst case scenario, they, they fire him. They let him go. They got no value in him anymore. He's not really trending the way we want. We got nothing for him. It's a dead-end gimmick. And then they let him go. They release him. Then they cite budget cuts. Then they look at Damian Priest's age. How old is he, 37 years old? Yeah, they'll let him go because he's too old. They'll go back to the Indies and right back to Punishment Martinez. I, I don't have a good feeling about this, man. I don't have a good feeling about Damian Priest on Monday Night Raw. Four matches in a row where it was a rarity. It was unheard of for him to lose. One year. One year. And now all of a sudden he lost four matches in a row. Why? The gimmick ain't working. Change it. Styles wins in five minutes. We got Seth Rollins backstage. Approaching Kevin Owens. Said he can't believe Owens is not in the elimination chamber with him. KO says that he never liked Adam Pearce. Seth says, I don't either. KO said Seth's influence and support and his own determination and popularity. He has a good feeling that after he beats Theory, Sony Deville and Adam Pearce will have no choice but to replace Austin Theory with him inside the elimination chamber. Seth says he's not sure how that works, but he likes his enthusiasm. He assured KO that he has his back. KO asked if he was serious or if he was lying. Seth then kind of took a momentary pause, laughed, and says he's a lot of things, but a liar is not one of them. KO did not seem convinced after Rollins says he wasn't a liar. Kevin Owens, man, I don't know what they're doing with Kevin Owens. I'll get to him in just a second because he had a a really good match with Austin Theory again, 50-50 booking. But 50-50 booking aside, there's one thing that's happening here with Kevin Owens, man, and WWE cannot ignore it like they usually do. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Miz. The Miz on Monday Night Raw, man. Hand me a fucking pillow. Hand me a pillow. Miz made his ring entrance. He was joined by his wife, Maurice. She was back on TV. Why? I don't know. He welcomed everybody to Miz TV. He asked everyone to stand and show respect to Maurice for fighting by his side at the Royal Rumble with guts and determination. Miz says... Shut up to the fans. They were booing. And then he kissed his wife. He introduced Ray and Dominic Mysterio. He noted that he defeated Dominic last week. Miz says he sensed conflict and wanted to face it head on, which is why he invited the Mysterios onto Miz TV. So we saw the replay last week of Miz cheating to get the victory over Dominic Mysterio. Miz says he looked at that and sees nothing wrong with it. Ray asked, really? Ray says Miz used underhanded tactics to beat his son last week. Miz took offense to this and asked if he was calling him a cheater. Miz then asked the fans if that's what they think he is. They clearly said yes in support of Ray Mysterio. Miz then said, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. 
He said he is not a cheater. He said the real cheating was in his mixed match with his wife against Edge and Beth Phoenix at the Royal Rumble because Beth Phoenix kicked him. So he said when others use underhanded tactics, they're applauded and cheered, yet he's called a cheater. He insisted he's not a cheater. He said he outsmarted and outmaneuvered Dominic. He then told Dominic that he should know how clever he is, so the loss is on him. Miz says he should have gotten the opportunity to enter the Elimination Chamber match, but he's here feuding with Dominic Mysterio. He says he's been on a tear since winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. Ray then said, yeah, because you had Lashley's help. And fans started to chant, cheater. Miz stood and yelled that he's not a cheater. He's the biggest star in the company. I laughed at how terribly untrue that line was. He said he was on Dancing with the Stars. He asked if his face is on the posters and trucks or video box games. He said, Ray is, though. Ray's on the cover of the video game. And then everybody was like, yes, that's a well-deserved honor for Ray as he is a WWE Hall of Fame legend. Miz asked what Ray has that he and Maurice don't. He said, Maurice should be on the cover instead of Ray. So this entire storyline is based off what? Cheating? Miz cheating over Dominic Mysterio in a nothing match last week? Or are they really feuding over the fact that Miz is jealous of the Mysterios getting the attention that they're getting now by being on the cover of WWE 2K22? Is that what this feud is being built up over? Because it it looked like Dominic and Ray were headed towards a breakup. Then the game came out. Ray's on the cover. Ray's got a showcase mode in the game. And now Miz is saying Maurice should be on the cover of the game. Are they really fighting over the fucking video game cover? What it sounds like to me. So he said Maurice should be on the cover of the game. Maurice says she could learn a thing or two. She suggested that he go by Ray Maristiro. Kind of like a a play on words with her name and his name. Ray sarcastically then thanked the Miz. Miz asked where his respect is. Dominic says, and then he got up in Miz's face. Where exactly is your respect, Miz? He stood up and got in Miz's face and told him to show his father some respect. Miz asked if... Ray now hides behind his son. Miz then asked Dominic if he wants to put his big boy pants on. He then offered him a rematch tonight. Dominic said, you're on. And Miz says he never noticed how much taller Dom is than Ray. Are you sure that he is not Eddie's son? Said Miz. Dom held Ray back. And the commentary team was calling Miz classless. Dominic shoved Miz down. And we get a rematch for Miz and Dominic Mysterio that WWE gave two minutes to. Two minutes. So we had Miz and Dominic go two minutes. We had AJ Styles and Damian Priest go five minutes. And we had the opening tag team match with Gable and Otis against the Street Profits. That went six minutes. The opening segment with the quiz bowl went longer than all of the first hour going into the second hour. 
All of the wrestling matches that we got on tonight's show up until this point, the Quiz Bowl lasted longer in length, time-wise, than all of these matches tonight so far. Two minutes. Two minutes. So the ref obviously had his hand full here with Miz and Maurice trying to cheat to win. Maurice tripped Dominic into the ropes, or underneath the ropes, rather. Put her hand in the ring and tripped Dominic in the ring. Referee saw this. This was about a minute into the match. He kicked Maurice out of the ringside area. Ray then tripped Miz running the ropes. Miz told on Ray, but the referee didn't see it. And then Dominic rolled Miz up for one, two, three. Absolutely nothing happened here, but Maurice tripped Dominic. She got tossed out. Ray tripped Miz. Referee didn't see that. Dominic rolls up Miz. Every time the Miz is on TV, man, it is the most boring and unentertaining segment on the entire show. The Miz is just boredom. Seriously. Everything that the Miz does is legitimately the most unentertaining match and the most unentertaining segment on the show. It is of no importance to anybody. He's just a waste of a fucking segment. The Miz has very much exceeded his shelf life in WWE. Nothing he does will ever be important in my honest opinion. Nothing. The best we've seen of The Miz is long gone. The Miz, back in 2016 with Dolph Ziggler, that's the last time I actually gave a shit about The Miz. Fighting over the Intercontinental Championship, remember that? On SmackDown, when SmackDown was actually great television, and then they fucking killed it because they were producing a better show at two hours than Raw at three hours, and they had basically nobody on that show. Ziggler put his career on the line against Miz in a ladder match to win the Intercontinental Championship. That was a great fucking feud, man. That was the last time I legitimately gave a shit about the Miz in any aspect at all. Garbage. I don't give a fuck about Miz feuding with Dominic and Rey Mysterio. I don't. I don't. And nobody gives a shit either. Nikki TR. A-S-H. Against Bianca Belair. Typical WWE Elimination Chamber book. And they announce participants in the Elimination Chamber. And then they book them in singles matches leading up to said Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. This is no different. Bianca Belair and Nikki TR, A-S-H, were announced for the chamber. Belair wins in four minutes. Belair sold a tweaked knee. Don't know how you could sell a knee injury or or a knee story in four minutes, but WWE attempted it. She eventually gets the KOD with the win, and that was pretty much it. Nikki Ash is as dead as they come as far as characters are concerned on this show. Bianca Belair has even lost a little a little momentum. She lost that skip in her step. I don't know where WWE goes with the chamber. They could easily give it to Bianca and do Bianca versus Becky. Maybe they go that way. Ties up loose ends there. Avenges the 26-second loss at SummerSlam. Maybe that's where they go. I don't know who this mystery woman is going to be. I'd rather it be Bailey than an Oscar or a, or, uh, or a Lacey Evans. But if it's 
not Bailey. I'm going with Bianca Bella. I do think Bailey is the bigger WrestleMania match against Becky, as everybody is probably clamoring for a Becky versus Bianca match. If Bailey is back and ready to go before WrestleMania, you better damn sure put Bailey on fucking WrestleMania. Backstage, R Truth. He was leading Tamina and Tozawa in a search for Dana Brooke and the 24-7 championship. Why are we still getting these segments on the show? I mean, you do realize that you don't need this type of shit on the show, right? The amount of time you gave this, you could have gave more time to Damien Priest and AJ Styles, or more time to Riddle and Seth Rollins, or more time to Owens and Theory. Why do we need the 24-7 title on the show? None of it is funny. So they're searching for Dana Brooke. They're searching for Dana Brooke. Catering is where I last saw her, folding napkins and putting out silverware for everybody. They ran past some production crates in the back. Dana Brooke and Reggie come out from behind the production crates. Brooke then stopped Reggie and said, thank you for having my back and being such a sweet guy. She then kissed Reggie on the cheek. Reggie smiled and then asked what all this means. Brooke said it means that they're really good friends And she hopes it never changes. They hugged. Reggie was friend-zoned tonight. And that is the absolute worst feeling in the world. I've gone through it. I'm sure many in this chat have gone through it. Dana Brooke has friend-zoned Reginald. Listen, Reggie. Listen, bro. Listen, from me to you, you ain't missing out on much. Okay? So then they looked at each other after they hugged, and it almost looked like they were about to really kiss each other on the lips. And I love where this is heading because this automatically just gives you the feeling that Reggie is going to fuck Dana Brooke over, man. Friends, listen, bitch, you friend-zoned me, and now I'm taking your title, and you can go back to fucking catering and bake pies for Titus exactly where this is going and Dana Brooke has a husband wasn't she engaged last year she had a big rock on her finger too she's out here on Monday Night Raw kissing another man and romantically looking at him looking in his eyes unbelievable so then Truth Tamina and Tozawa showed up Reggie and Brooke ran away and Truth was yelling you can run but you can't hide Tamina says yes Truth they are hiding Disgusting segment. Don't know why we need this on the show. Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens. You guys know how I feel about Austin Theory. He is a blue-chipped or blue-chipped prospect on this show. And he's going to have a great career. WWE allows him to continue to grow the way that he is. But I I really want to talk about Kevin Owens here, man. This was a good match. Nine minutes. Solid match. Easily the longest thing and the best match on the show so far. So Theory tried driving Owens back into the steel steps like he did last week. Owens fought him off, hit a senton off the steps. We go to a commercial break. Owens nailed the cannonball followed by a splash off the apron. 
And then Owens went for a stunner, but Theory counted into a back suplex. Owens hit a rolling fireman's carry off the top, which really brought the crowd in Denver back to life. He tried a senton, but Theory got his knees up. Owens followed and then hit a stunner out of nowhere for one, two, three, and that was pretty much it. It really felt like a decisive, solid victory for Kevin Owens after he beat Kevin Owens last week, did Theory. So 50-50 booking. He got his win back. I don't know why. I don't know why, but who exactly gets over in this situation? Austin Theory's the one in the Elimination Chamber. He needs the momentum going into the Elimination Chamber. He's not winning the Elimination Chamber, so I don't know why we needed to give Kevin Owens his win back. I don't know why he needed to wrestle Theory again when, looking back at it, he was already wrestling on the show and put into that tag team main event. So why did he need to wrestle Theory on this show again? Nobody gets over. 50-50 booking needs to die in a fucking fire on WWE television. Solid match. We know how good Theory is. We know how good... He is going to be. I want to talk about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has wrestled Austin Theory two weeks in a row. He's wrestled Damian Priest a couple of weeks back, a couple of weeks in a row. Kevin Owens, they got him mixed up with Rollins. I don't know what type of dynamic they're going for. Rollins, to me, is still a heel, even though he's getting babyfish reactions when he was wrestling Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. He still comes off heel, and then he's associating himself with Kevin Owens. So then that makes them a heel duo. But the thing is, Kevin Owens, for the last four weeks now, is getting obvious babyface reactions. The crowd is getting into Kevin Owens. They appreciate Kevin Owens. They know how good Kevin Owens is, and they want to cheer him. WWE continues to push Kevin Owens as a a heel, but he's going out there and getting these babyface reactions. I don't know if they're heel babyface or if they're tweeners. I I don't know. I don't know how important this is to WWE to really give them a heel or babyface role on this show. I don't know how important it is to the creative team or Vince McMahon. But one thing is for certain. The crowd reactions to Kevin Owens are getting little by little louder and louder every week. And this is the same old song and dance with Kevin Owens. He gets incredibly over in front of the crowd and WWE does nothing with it. Or they do something with it and then they don't commit themselves to pushing Kevin Owens. I don't know why. Kevin Owens is a top tier guy if you allow him to be. He could play babyface, he could play heel, and he's damn fucking good in that ring. The louder these reactions get, WWE is going to have no choice but to push Kevin Owens. These reactions cannot be ignored if they continue to be the way that they are. Can he slide into the main event scene? Yes. I could absolutely see that. I could see a feud building between him and Rollins, but we've already seen that. And I honestly think both of those guys deserve a lot better at WrestleMania. It seems like they may be headed towards something together. Because Owens is not in the chamber, but Rollins is. Owens doesn't really believe Rollins is on his team after tonight. 
with that whole thing. I'm going to beat Theory, and then I'm going to go to Pearson, and then I'm going to get into the Elimination Chamber with you. And Rollins didn't really like the idea about that. He didn't like the thought of that. And then it seems like they're just setting something up there. But these reactions can't be ignored. The more that they happen, they can't be ignored. Owens wins, gets his win back, 50-50 booking, can uh, fucking take a hike, man. This shit sucks. Nobody gets over with the 50-50 booking. There was no reason to book this match again for a second week in a row. So after that, we got Riddle and Orton. Riddle was backstage with Orton, told Orton. They just won an opportunity to win back their tag team titles. Orton told him not to get ahead of himself because he has a big chance to win the chamber and challenge Bobby Lashley for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Now, I don't know why he said that, but if he wins the WWE title, it will be in the Elimination Chamber. I'm assuming that would be the rematch at WrestleMania. I don't know why that was said on the show tonight. He said he has to beat Seth Rollins tonight, and he warned him not to take Seth too lightly. Riddle assured Orton he will be focused. Riddle left and then came back and talked about how he could be a double champion. He told Orton... He's throwing a party for them next week like Animal House. Orton again told Riddle to focus on tonight. It seems like, now it's not really apparent there, but it seems like Randy Orton and Riddle, that was a slight tease possibly about a breakup. Stay focused. No parties. Don't take Seth lightly. You're in the chamber. I'm not. You have an opportunity to win the WWE Championship. Stay focused. And then they lost tonight. And then they lost tonight. Where Riddle got pinned. So I don't know how this is going to work out. But it looks like we may be getting the RK Bro breakup right in time for WrestleMania. I do think that they are still each other's best opponent. For WrestleMania. I don't want to see a match. I don't want to see a tag team match, I should say, with Alpha Academy. Uh, I had originally pitched RK Bro being the tag team champions and then maybe doing Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens against RK Bro at WrestleMania. And then that match being the breakup and having them lose the titles to Rollins and Owens. I don't know. That may still be the plan. I have no idea. That may actually be the plan. Because Alpha Academy could lose those tag team championships right back to RK-Bro, and we could get Owens and Rollins built up for the tag team titles at WrestleMania. That would save us from seeing another Rollins-Owens one-on-one match, and I honestly think if given the proper time, that that could be a great fucking match at WrestleMania. And then they lose the titles to Rollins and Owens, and then at WrestleMania, they are split. RKO breaks up. And then you could do the whole thing with Riddle and Orton. Maybe Riddle winning money in the bank. I don't know. They got a a variety of ways they could go about it, but it it did feel like to me, though it really wasn't overblown and apparent. It seemed like this was maybe a tease for a potential split. We got another Virmahan promo vignette. He says he is the patient predator and he cannot be contained for much longer. 
He said soon he will have his trophies. Virmahan is not coming to Monday Night Raw. I would be shocked if Virmahan comes on Raw. Lita. Lita was in the ring. And the one thing I was thinking about, man, you know, you know when Lita comes out, you hear her theme music? You hear Lita's theme music, it, it's identifiable. You know it's Lita, right? Everybody else on this fucking show, man, outside AJ Styles and Matt Riddle or Randy Orton, their theme music is so fucking generic. I can't, I can't remember whose theme music is who. Right? Bianca Belair still has her theme music. Everybody's theme music is generic. You hear Lita's theme music, it's like, oh, man, the great days of theme music in WWE, you know? Lita was in the ring, and she was about to cut a promo about her match against Becky Lynch at the Elimination Chamber for the Raw Women's Championship. She said she had no idea a couple of weeks ago that she'd be on Raw in Denver. She said it felt at home, or she felt at home in the Royal Rumble with Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley. She said one person was conspicuous by her absence. She said she decided to go for broke and challenge her last week, and that is Becky Lynch. She said she wanted this match for a long time, and obviously this prompts Becky out to the ring. Becky with a microphone in hand. Cringe, as always, on the on the microphone in the promo. Becky asked if the fans know how incredible it is to hear Lita say such amazing things about her. She said it's one thing to prove she's the best week after week, so much so that Ronda Rousey has to run from her. But it's another to hear it from her teenage idol. She said last week she worshipped her and showed her what was possible for a woman to do in WWE. She said many women turned their noses at her, but Lita did not. She said Lita saw something in her and supported her. So she's eternally grateful. She said without Lita, there would be no Becky Lynch. But now there is a Becky Lynch. And now that there is a Becky Lynch, there can be no Lita. Becky's voice got a little bit more angry here. And she said it's hurtful. She's trying to take away everything from her during the most important time of the year, WrestleMania season. She said she has discarded friends and she will get rid of Lita. You might have helped bring me up, but I have no problem putting you down. Lita then said to Becky that Becky's the odds-on favorite, and that's exactly why she is here. She said she has no problem being the underdog. She says she was a punk rock dumpster diving friend who went after her dreams. Or she had a punk rock dumpster diving friend who went after her dreams, but it was the fans who supported her and helped her live her dreams. She said, while it's true she hasn't had a title shot in 15 years, the fans still support her to this day. She said she's okay with her odds. She asked Becky if she's okay walking out of the ring, a former champion. Becky turned and left, and then she went to go sneak attack Lita. Lita blocked her from the attack. Becky beat her down. She held up her title belt and left the ring. She then returned to the ring and wanted to add some more insult to injury. She wanted to deliver the manhandle slam, 
Lita blocked it and gave Becky a twist of fate. She then landed a top rope moonsault, which looked great, and Becky rolled out of the ring. That was pretty much it. Decent segment overall. Becky got a little bit better as far as the promo is concerned the more it went on because she actually started to talk like a normal human being. And I really liked the line that uh, she said, you know, yes, I thank you because without Lita, there would be no Becky Lynch. But now that you're here, there really is no use for Lita, you know? Or now that she is where she is, there's no use for Lita anymore. So why are you here? And the fact that... I do always appreciate when champions always go and tell everybody how important the championship is to them and you're back here, especially with a legend coming back, telling them you're back during WrestleMania season to take away the most important thing in my world right now, and that is this Raw Women's Championship. I like the fact that that was brought up too. I just can't bring myself to give a shit about the match. Should be a decent match. But this is a very one-sided affair. We all know Becky Lynch is not winning the championship. And we all know why Lita is here. A, for a big payday. And B, there is nobody else. And now there really is nobody else on Raw because they put everybody else on Raw in the women's elimination chamber. But before that, there was nobody else to challenge Becky Lynch regardless. I really do hope Bayley comes back. And I really do hope that Bayley is wrestling Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, because she did mention that she's ended friendships. She's ended friendships. She's ended friendships with Charlotte Flair. She's wrestled Sasha Banks. We haven't really gotten that Bailey one-on-one match, and with Bailey's heel character, the way the way it was, how great it was. I think mixing it up with Becky at WrestleMania would be an ideal situation. Bailey could be the heel. Becky can go back to being a true babyface because this in-between shit. Is not working. She's still portraying a heel character against an obvious babyface leader. And everybody wants to cheer Becky Lynch. This indifference has really killed her momentum. That's why I think Bailey is the right choice for Becky at WrestleMania. What does Bianca do? I don't really give a shit. I don't really give a shit. As far as I'm concerned, Bianca might not have a match. Rhea Ripley might not have a match. Sasha Banks might not even have a fucking WrestleMania match. Asuka won't have a WrestleMania match. This is where WWE runs into a fucking problem. You want to bring Ronda back, you automatically remove one of the other top women from a WrestleMania program. There's only so much to go around. There's only so many seats at the table. But nobody wants to talk about that. Bringing Ronda back has now actively removed Sasha Banks from a major program on SmackDown. And does she deserve that? I don't think so. Bailey and Becky is the best way to go. Sonya Deville. She was selling the Ronda Rousey armbar attack. She had her arm in a sling. And Kevin Owens walked in. He noticed the sling and the suit. She said, I don't want to talk about it. Owens asked them if he's not qualified for the Elimination Chamber. DeVille said qualifying matches were finalized last week. Owens was sad. And he says he's an honest guy and deserves a chance to win the Chamber and headline WrestleMania. Sonny DeVille then said, listen, you might not even be a part of WrestleMania. I don't know why that's being said so early in advance. Why, would, why wouldn't you have Kevin Owens on WrestleMania? 
night one or night two. There's two nights for WrestleMania. You're telling me you're actively going to leave Kevin Owens off the fucking show? Owens says they can't do that to him because the people of Texas would be in an uproar. He laid it on really, really thick and sympathetic about how Texas means so much to him. He listed his big career moments that happened in Texas. So the people need him at WrestleMania. He says they can tell they think he is lying, but he's not. He told them to please think about it. Adam Pearce looked at DeVille, and they were unamused by Kevin Owens. I don't know. Maybe Kevin Owens doesn't do anything at WrestleMania, and Stone Cold is going to be at WrestleMania, right? I believe they're bringing in Stone Cold for WrestleMania because it's in Dallas. Maybe they do with some, Maybe they do something with Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Not in a wrestling match because I don't see that ever happening with Stone Cold ever again. Maybe they do a skit where he stuns Kevin Owens and shows him the real stunner. I don't know, but I don't know why we would keep Kevin Owens off the show. RK Bro wins the tag team titles only to drop them back to another team in Rollins and Owens. I think that would be the ideal way to go about it. I know, I know Riddle, Riddle and Orton, right? I know Riddle and Orton winning those titles would be a, a great deal for them to drop it to Owens and Rollins. And I really do feel that would be a great start for Riddle and Orton to break up by losing the tag team championships at WrestleMania. I know everybody wants Riddle and Orton to be a WrestleMania match, but I do think we save that for SummerSlam. A lot of different ways that WWE could go here. So I don't know. I don't know why they would actively leave Kevin Owens off of the WrestleMania card. Doe Drop versus Liv Morgan. This match was a lot better than I anticipated. This was actually pretty decent. This was better than any Doe Drop Bianca Belair match. I will say. This was actually better than the Becky Lynch match at the Royal Rumble for Doe Drop. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. So, we got these two ladies in the chamber. Doe Drop and Liv Morgan are a part of the chamber. They will not be winning the Elimination Chamber. Sorry to break uh, all the Liv Morgan stands' hearts out there. Liv Morgan is a loser. I don't think she's a loser, but WWE clearly thinks she is. So, this was not bad, and I quite enjoyed Liv Morgan's performance here. I think she's getting better. Week by week by week, and it's a good thing to see. We got a doe drop crossbody that was right at the top, and we go right to a commercial break. Doe drop remained in control. Morgan came back with a drop kick off the middle turnbuckle, followed by a nice-looking code breaker for two. Doe drop followed with a, a face buster for two. Morgan went for the middle rope again, but doe drop yanked her down. She hit the mat. Doe Drop quickly follows up off the second turnbuckle with the Vader bomb. And that was it. She pins Liv Morgan in about nine minutes. And this was mostly a match that happened during the commercial break. But what I saw was pretty decent. Vader bomb for Doe Drop. She gets the win over Liv Morgan. Nothing really there to uh, talk about. Just a decent little women's match on Monday Night Raw. We had an Alexa Bliss segment. We had two segments. One, the first one, all she did was cry after looking at Lily the doll. 
The psychiatrist bought this doll off WWE shop and she started to cry at the sight of Lily the doll. Then we get this second segment. Bliss's therapist praised Bliss for controlling her anger up until this point. She gave an example of how someone took her parking spot, but she drove to a different spot and parked her car without incident and not getting angry. I can't stand parking in New York City, man. If I am outside and I see a parking spot that's big enough for two cars, my car is taking up both spots so that nobody can park in front of me and nobody can park behind me. I'm that guy. Especially with New York City street parking, man. Fuck them. So she said that she was in line. Also, another story. She was in line for 30 minutes. And she said she was in line for 30 minutes at the supermarket. And when it was her turn to check out, this evil creature cut in front of her. The therapist asked what this creature looked like. Let's describe the woman who looked like Lily. She said that she hit her with a loaf of bread and then she controlled her anger and left the store. Therapist says they still have some work to do. Looks like Alexa Bliss is kind of, again, I mentioned this last week, morphing her appearance. She doesn't look like the funhouse version of Alexa Bliss. She doesn't look like Alexa's playground with the colorful fucking dress on and the, the weird look. It looks like she's slowly but surely transforming back into the Alexa Bliss character of old. So I don't know where this is going. I find these to be painfully boring. There really is nothing entertaining about them. I honestly think everybody feels the same way that I do when we see Alexa Bliss changing. Let's just get to it. The story isn't interesting enough for us to sit through this shit for two months only to get to where we know what's going. Alexa's character was only enhanced by Bray Wyatt. That is the only thing we legitimately gave a shit about. Nobody gave a fuck about Alexa Bliss's character. So why are we prolonging the inevitable here? Just get her back to where she needs to be. None of this is interesting or exciting whatsoever. And there's a story going around that Alexa Bliss is not going to be back in the WWE ring for a very long time. Good. Nobody wants her in the ring. She sucks. Why would I ever want to see her back in a wrestling ring? Be the same shit all over again. Charlotte being pushed to the moon on SmackDown and then Alexa Bliss taking over Monday Night Raw. Great. Nobody wants to see it. Alexa just gives you that old... That old guard vibe. We need new talent. We need fresh talent. We don't need fucking Alexa Bliss. Bullshit. Seth Rollins was backstage. He cackled and asked Patrick. By cackled, I mean laugh. He asked Patrick if he knows who he's talking to. Seth said the other five in the chamber simply are not him. He said his resume speaks for itself. But the one thing he hasn't done is headline at WrestleMania and win the WWE Championship. He said this is his year. He said he's a visionary and a revolutionary and the winner of the Elimination Chamber and your next WWE Champion. No. The logical storyline here would have been for Rollins to challenge Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber for the Universal title and square up that storyline. But WWE wanted Bill Goldberg to come on in and wrestle for a cool $3 million and put in three minutes of work in Saudi Arabia against Roman. 
Spear versus Spear is their dream match. This is what they've been fucking drooling over for the last three years. This match with Goldberg. Meanwhile, it should be Rollins. And Owens or Orton should be in the Elimination Chamber. I was actually looking forward to this match, man. Riddle versus Seth Rollins. This would have been a very good main event match. I do see this in a future program being for the WWE title. I do. This is a future WWE title program. So Riddle defeated Seth Rollins here by DQ. Of course, they went for the DQ ending. Rollins powerbombed Riddle into the barricade. Barely a minute into this match. That went to commercial break. Rollins remained in control through the commercial break. Riddle made a babyface comeback. Pele kick, forearms, a suplex. Riddle followed with a punt kick before taking out Rollins with a dive. Owens ran out through the crowd and attacked Riddle for the abrupt DQ. Orton ran down and laid out Owens with the RKO. So then we go to commercial break. We're back from commercial break, and Teddy Long is not really out there, but he's somewhere in WWE land, and he gives us a tag team match. So we got RK Bro versus Rollins and Owens. So we got seven minutes of Riddle and Rollins, and then eight minutes of a tag team match between RK Bro, Rollins, and Owens. I don't know why. I don't know why WWE does these lame main events, man. It's fucking lame. It is as uncreative as they come. They give you a solid match. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Clearly, Rollins can't lose. He's in the chamber. You got to make him look strong in a field of fucking great talent at the chamber, especially with Lashley and Lesnar in the chamber, right? Rollins can't lose. He's got to have some momentum going into the Elimination Chamber. Riddle, you pair him with Riddle, right? He's in a tag team with Randy Orton, and they just got another opportunity at the Raw Tag Team Titles. They can't lose either, right? Riddle can't lose. They both have to look strong. I don't get why WWE books these matches with people that can't afford a loss. Their backs are against the wall. And then they're forced to do a DQ like they did tonight. And then they go with their tried and true. We'll turn a singles match into a tag team match during the commercial break. That's their vision. That's their idea of exciting. It's fucking lame. There's legitimately, there's no creative structure to that whatsoever. There's not one creative bone in these fucking geeks backstage brains. That's their idea of creative. Yeah, we'll end Monday Night Raw with a fucking lame tag team match that was born out of a singles match that everybody would much rather take uh, a look at and watch. Owens was down and Rollins tried to get him back into it by smacking him on the shoulder. Owens screamed at him and told him just to hit, just to get hit with an RKO. Orton gave Rollins a backdrop onto the announce table. Riddle tagged in, but also Owens did at the same time. He cut off Riddle with super kick. They worked over Riddle until Riddle dodged a Rollins frog splash before hitting Owens with a knee strike. Orton made the hot tag, hit Rollins with some clotheslines, his snap power slam, his draping DDT. Owens ate a power slam too. Rollins blocked an RKO as Riddle tagged himself in. He knocked down Owens and Rollins with some kicks. 
But Rollins came back with big-time elbow strikes. Rollins followed up with a curb stomp for the 1-2-3 on Matt Riddle. Orton gave Owens an RKO following the match, and Rollins laughed and walked away. Which, again, plays into the idea that maybe Rollins and Owens are headed towards a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. I don't know. So we'll see what happens with that. But this, this felt... This felt very lame, very, very unexciting. This whole episode of Monday Night Raw was fucking boring. Just a boring fucking show, man. Their creativity shows, their lack of creativity, I should say, shows. There's not one fucking thing that is worth watching on this show outside of Chad Gable and Otis right now. Even RK Bro is kind of feeling a little, I would say, overstaying its welcome. I think everybody's looking more forward to them breaking up. When's the breakup coming? We know it's coming, right? They've been teasing little things subtly. Then you got the Owens and the Rollins situation, Lesnar and Lashley with the WWE title situation. WWE has a United States champion on this show that is booked like shit. They're about to give the WWE championship to Brock Lesnar for him to take it to SmackDown And nothing else on this show seems or feels fucking important. Typical Bruce Pritchard. Typical Bruce Pritchard, man. Monday Night Raw, painfully boring tonight. I do not encourage you guys to go and watch a replay at all. I want to thank everybody for showing up on this Monday Night, man. 2300 in the venue on this Monday, and I thank you for joining me wherever you guys may be. Once again, hit that thumbs up, please. Let's try for a 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's live stream. If you guys have not hit that thumbs up, please go and do that. It's a great way to support the show. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out in just a little bit. Become a VIP. Hit that join button. VIPs, get some perks, man. Not only do you get those great custom emotes in the chat, but you also get those custom OTS microphone badges next to your name, to show off your VIP status. And plus, the first round is on me, man. Whatever you guys drink. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JD from NY206. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. I will be live tomorrow for NXT. And then again on Wednesday in Atlantic City. For AEW Dynamite, remember the OTS VIP meetup is happening in Atlantic City. If you guys are going to the Dynamite show, make sure you guys come out to the meet and greet, man. 2 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. Should be great. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is coming up, guys. I know you need to get yourself prepared. You need to look it. You need to feel it, right? And Manscaped is going to get you ready, man, for Valentine's Day. Join the 4 million men worldwide that have trusted Manscaped. They are the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. And we have an exclusive offer for everybody listening to Off the Script tonight. Code SCRIPT20 at manscaped.com. You're going to save 20% off and free shipping 
is included, man. The Performance Package 4.0 includes their patented Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer. It is designed to trim hair on loose skin. It's waterproof. It's got a 4,000K LED spotlight so you guys can shave anywhere. And it's going to reduce those cuts and nicks on all of your delicate parts. Also, you guys are going to get a shed travel bag. You guys are going to get boxers as well to keep your package stored comfortably. You guys are going to get the crop preserver and the crop reviver ball toner. Deodorant to keep your boys fresh this Valentine's Day. And Manscaped even has refined cologne to make sure you guys smell as good as anything this Valentine's Day. Manscaped, man. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. And I want to thank Manscaped for once again supporting the podcast, man. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow this Valentine's Day and use Manscaped, man. Your ladies and your balls will thank you. Let's get into the Super Chats, man. We're going to start at the top. I appreciate you guys setting the Super Chats in. Micah with a $4.99 Super Chat. What did you think of HBK, of the HBK Employee of the Month storyline with JBL in 2009? Should WWE do it with McIntyre and Corbin? And when are you going to play COD? You know, Micah, I'm not really... I'd have to go back and watch that storyline, man. I I don't really remember that storyline. I'd have to refresh myself with that storyline. But I do not want to see... I do not want to see Happy Corbin or Madcap Moss on my television. Madcap is okay. Corbin is not. And when am I going to play COD? I'm not playing Vanguard for the rest of its life cycle, man. I fucking hate it. I'm not playing something that I hate. COD sucks. Call of Duty and WWE share the same fucking feeling, man. They, they both are just terrible products that don't really benefit the consumer. Nobody has fun watching WWE just like nobody has fun playing COD. And they are run by billionaires who are blood-sucking leeches. Tony Brown with a 999 Super Chat. You already know what I was watching, JD. Tony Brown, I know, man. You got the Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair booty meat tonight. I know. I know, bro. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. I wonder what they could be up to with Miz and Mysterios. Any ideas? No. And quite frankly, Michelle, I don't care. And the ongoing angle with KO and Seth feels like a rehash of KO and Jericho. Wouldn't be surprised by that. Bruce Pritchard has no fucking creative vision. Probably is rehashing a ton of shit going into WrestleMania this year. Lauren Hutton with a $6 super chat. Dom should turn on Ray. I would actually like Ray to turn on Dom. I don't give a shit about a heel Dominic. When do you see RKO or RK Bro splitting up? Soon. Soon. Elimination Chamber predictions soon. Can't wait. Mimosa, please. Lesnar. If Bailey's in it, Bailey. If not, Bianca. Quizzical one. 
with a 499 super chat. Greetings from the mod for the other great podcaster of the uh, of New York City. Ah, I'm assuming you're you're talking about Solid Monster. Happy belated birthday and continue up or continue to keep up the excellent work. Thank you, brother. I was actually with Solid Monster this weekend, man. We shared some uh, some drinks this weekend, so it's always awesome to see him. And I'll be doing Hog with him. House of Glory's back on Saturday. Be doing commentary with the Solid Monster on Saturday in Queens. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. He says, Maurice has the booty meat, too. Yes, she does, Tony Brown. Yes, she does. Fantasy Kid, 1977 with a three-month re-up. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. JD just wanted to show some love and wish you a happy birthday, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you for the recommitment to the OTS VIP Lounge. MGM Ballin with two 499 Super Chats. Is Lashley a face or a heel? Seems like he's the new big show with split personalities. I, bro, I can't even tell you. I guess he was healed tonight, being that he was the hometown guy. And by the way, happy late birthday, JD. Thank you, Ballin. I appreciate you, man. Lauren Hutton with a $2 Super Chat. I'm excited for Rollins and Orton next week. Yeah, how many times have we seen that match? Pula Grimm with a $5 Super Chat. The Big 4-0. Hope you had a sick weekend and birthday, JD. Cheers, bro. Thank you, Hulagrim. Very fortunate to have you here, brother. Thank you, man. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Watched Olympics instead. That is how bad Raw was. Yeah, Raw was pretty boring, man. You probably did yourself a favor watching the Olympics. Riley Johnson with a $50 Super Chat. JBL said AJ Styles is this generation Shawn Michaels. Do you agree? Nobody will ever be Shawn Michaels, but if there is one wrestler comparable to Shawn Michaels in WWE right now, it would be AJ Styles. Yes. Thank you, Riley. That's a lot of money. I appreciate you for the 50 bomb tonight on the podcast. Paul Van Tassel with a $5 Super Chat. Whoever Becky Lynch gets from the Elimination Chamber will be a better match than Ronda and Charlotte. And happy birthday, J.D. Mr. Van Tassel, I agree with you. Especially if it's Bailey. Christian Shea with a 999 Super Chat. OTS forever and ever. Thank you, Christian. Phil with a $50 Super Chat. What's going on, JD? Sorry I haven't been at the venue the past few streams. I've been focusing on family and my own podcast. I sent you an email on January 25th. If not, didn't get a chance to read it. It's okay. Continue being you and never change OTS for life. Thank you, Phil. Uh, I have not. I'm terrible with email, bro. I have not seen it yet. I'm sure it's there. I'll take a look at it when I can, man. I promise. The Dud with a $2 Super Chat. Happy belated 40th birthday, man. Thank you, Dud. Lauren with another five in Super Chat. The matches were decent. The segments were sucky. Do you see any turns at the chamber? And will Lita have her final match ever in Saudi? No. I see Lita being back possibly up until SummerSlam. She probably signed a very short-term deal, and she will be with WWE to 
aid in their awful women's division right now. Joey Clemenza with a three-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, Joey. Happy birthday, JD. Hey, for once, what are you drinking? Next round's on me, bro. OTS Familia representing. I had uh, old fashions this weekend, man. I'm loving my, my bourbon and my whiskey. Lauren Hutton with a $2 super chat. Happy birthday, buddy. What you drinking? I'll buy. Lauren, I, I will take an old fashioned. I will take an old fashioned Knob Creek or Buffalo Trace whiskey, please. I just tried Buffalo Trace whiskey this weekend, man. That's some good shit. That's some good shit, man. Jedi Punk 85 becomes a new member of the OTS VIP club. What are you drinking, Jedi? Also, with a $2 Super Chat, the NFL Pro Bowl was more entertaining than Raw. Was that tonight? Was the Pro Bowl tonight? Who watches the Pro Bowl, man? Carl Williams with a new membership. He joins the OTS VIP club. Thank you so much, Carl. What are you drinking, brother? Tony Scarf 93 is all elite. Happy late birthday, JD. Thank you, Tony Scarf. Jedi Punk, happy birthday, JD. TK's gift possible Hardy Boys reunion Wednesday to WWE or not to WWE? That is the question. JD can answer that question for all of us. I do think it's Jeff Hardy. Uh, It was last night. The Pro Bowl was last night. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is the most unimportant all-star game in all sports. Um, I do think it's Hardy. If I have another guess, I'm going to say Keith Lee, but I just don't see Keith Lee debuting against Isaiah Cassidy. I do think the fact that Isaiah Cassidy is in this thing is because it's Jeff Hardy. And I talked about it on Off the Script on Thursday. You guys can go check that out on the homepage, man. I talked about it for a good 15 minutes or so. Kiana with a 9.99 super chat. The Miz is the Natalia of the men's division. Just another warm body. Comment of the evening. Absolutely correct, Kiana. East is in the chat. Look at this. Got to work harder than the rest. Learn that from JD. What's going on, Issa? Who are, you, who are you outworking, huh? You're all over the place. Here with Lucha Libre uh, online, right? And then you got your Yellow Jackets podcast. You got something else that you're doing. Body slamming your ears or something like that, right? This new, uh, this new podcast you're doing. You got your own shit. All I will say is continue working. Uh, I, see, I see everything that you're doing, obviously. Don't don't overexert yourself. You'll, you'll find out that at some point you're gonna you're gonna be like, Jesus fucking Christ, man! How many hats? How many hats do I have to wear? You know, I get burned out by Thursday, man. I do Monday, I do Tuesday, I do Wednesday, I do Thursday. By Thursday night, I'm fucking dead. Smackdown rolls around, I don't want to go live anymore. 
Outwork everyone, man. Yeah, you know, you and me. Should trademark the fucking catchphrase, man. Christian ain't doing shit with that, man. Who's he outworking managing fucking Jungle Boy? Who's he doing? Who's he outworking? Kiana, thank you so much. CRJ209 with a $20 super chat. Happy late birthday, JD. Thank you for all that you do. Cheers. Thank you, CRJ. The RTG Noble. $5 super chat. Happy belated birthday, JD. Forgot to wish you one on your SmackDown review last week. Thank you, RTG. My birthday was yesterday. Celebrated it on Sunday for a little bit. Mostly on Saturday, though. Ty Sloan with a four ninety nine Super Chats. Thank you, Ty Sloan. Who do you think the Mysterio's last match should be against, and why also do you think if Eddie was alive, it would be with him? Um, It probably would be. Who do I think their last match is going to be against? I think Ray is going to retire against his son. I think that's going to be his last match. I don't know how much longer he has. Ray still looks fantastic, but I don't know how much longer he wants to do it. His knees have got to be his, his knees have got to be shot, you know. Stick World Mayor with a five dollar super chat and OTS haiku. JD has spoken the truth. God damn, this show was boring. Happy birthday, bro. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Stick World. Mr. Dark Ace, 28, with the $2 Super Chat. Happy belated birthday as I celebrate mine today. Mr. Dark Ace, happy birthday, brother. Complimentary drinks on the house, man. Everybody show Mr. Dark Ace a birthday cake and a beer emoji. And we got Issa with a $9.99 Super Chat. She says, happy birthday with a bunch of birthday-like emojis. Thank you, Issa. As always. Reverend Davey Thompson with a $2 Super Chat. Happy birthday, JD. I turned 40 in March. Good thing I don't look it. Good thing I don't feel it, man. I guess 40 is just uh, a number, right? It may be old to everybody in the community. All these fucking... These fucking ghouls and goblins in the community, man. But I'm still doing my thing and better than anybody. Ernest G, the third... With a five dollar super chat, thank you for the content you provide on the daily. Keep it up, OTS for life. Thank you, Ernest. Ty Sloan with a four ninety nine super chat. Will we ever get Chris Benoit in the Hall of Fame? I really think it should happen because he was a freak in the ring. Also, thoughts on WWE's one billion revenue? Chris Benoit is never going to be in the Hall of Fame. Is he a great wrestler? Yes. Is he, a, is he a murderer and an asshole? Yes. So for that fact, no, he's not getting in the Hall of Fame. And my thoughts on WWE making $1 billion? Couldn't give a single shit. I couldn't care less. $1 billion in revenue doesn't mean good television. They're making more money and producing the worst television product they've ever produced. Man, I take the television product. Fans like us don't give a fuck about what WWE's making, man. But everybody uses that as an excuse. Well, you know, they made a billion dollars. It's great. I've never seen so many fucking idiots on social media care about what strangers are making. 
These are the same fucking people that talk about how Tony Khan spends his money. Never seen such fucking stupidity in my life. Kelly with a $2 super chat. Happy birthday, JD. May God bless you many years. Thank you, Kelly. That is very sweet of you. Ty Sloan with two $4.99 super chats. Do you like how wrestlers go on TikTok and do silly dances? The Miz and Nia Jax are on there. Some of it is goofy. I tried to experiment with TikToks, uh, Ty Sloan. I, 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 not for me. Twitter's bad enough. Four ninety nine thoughts on the Rock and Joe Rogan controversy going on. I, I really, I really don't give a shit about uh, what's happening with Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan is free to say whatever the fuck he wants. Joe Rogan can say whatever the fuck he wants, man. And I stand with Spotify. I've been a Spotify customer for fucking years, man. I love their service. They they paid the man millions. He's going to continue pumping out content for Spotify. I'm about to get out of here, guys. It is a very dull Monday night. Very dull Monday night. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. I know Raw isn't all that exciting. I try and do my best, man. I, I really try and do my best. T Money with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, T Money. Once again, guys, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall on Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I will be holding a VIP meetup right before AEW Dynamite. Make sure you guys come on out, man. It's going to be great. Tons of cold beverages. They got one of the best beer menus in Atlantic City. Great food. And there will be merchandise to be had, man. Mugs, shirts, hats, you name it. Going to be on sale, man. So bring your money and bring your appetite and be ready to drink cold, cold beverages. 2 p.m. Wednesday afternoon, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. AW Dynamite is invading Atlantic City, man. It's great. I live 20 minutes on the boardwalk from where the show is going to be taking place. Awesome. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. Twitter and Instagram. Same at. Check out my sponsor for today's show, Manscaped. Let's try and hit up Manscaped, man. Go buy yourself something on Manscaped. It's a great way to show them that Off The Script is doing its job. Manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and that free shipping. Make sure you guys also hit that thumbs up, man. We need one more like. One more like. There you go. A thousand likes. There you go, man. A minimum of a thousand. I appreciate you guys very much for hitting the goal. And next time you'll see me, man, tomorrow night, Tuesday, NXT. I'll be live here in the OTS venue. I'm about to get out of here, guys. I need two things from me before I get the hell out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. If my VIPs got them, 
I need those Mustang emojis in the chat as well. And number two, when that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for NXT right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.